Hi, this is my dad's podcast, Power Time. What's up, Power Players? Welcome back to the Power Time Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Tate. And if this is your first time tuning in, you are listening to what is typically a Nintendo Power retrospective. It's a podcast where we dig through the history of Nintendo, one issue of Nintendo Power at a time. But I'm taking the summer off from those episodes to run a few interviews with some pretty cool people. And I'm really excited for this episode. This is going to be an awesome one. Instead of a single special guest, we have special guests. So last interview, I talked with Kay Murdoch. He is a hip-hop producer who samples many different Nintendo and Famicom tracks. And this week, I'm really excited. We're going to hold that trend. We're going to keep the conversation going with video game-inspired musicians because I have extra lives with me today. This is a four-piece band from Los Angeles, and they specialize in performing your favorite classic video game soundtracks live and uncut. So without delay, let's welcome to the show, and I'm just going to go one at a time here for our listeners' sake, and this is really fun because I get to kind of do the rock and roll roll call here. So on guitar, we've got Michael Cole. Welcome to the show, Michael. Hey, Tom. Glad to be here. On bass and violin, we have the one and only Ken Christensen. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Tom. On the keys and synth, we've got Tim Lillis. Welcome. Hey, Tom. Thanks. Great to be here. And the backbone we have on drums, Taylor Kennedy. Welcome to the show. Blackoom, Blackoom. Glad to be here. I love it. Thank you. Thank you guys for coming on. I really appreciate it. I'm really excited first and foremost because uh, I hope that I can introduce you to some new listeners. I've been a YouTube subscriber for a bit now, uh, and it was a fun moment to discover my first uh, Extra Lives video because you had so many in the archive. I got, I got to just go on a kind of binge session. Uh, and I really appreciate a lot of your your different arrangements. Very jazzy, uh, very uh, funky, classical at times. And music is a really big part of this podcast, especially creative arrangements of old songs from different artists. Uh, I don't really love to just play kind of the straight soundtracks. And I think I featured maybe 20 artists on the show so far, the one-ups, the advantage, uh, a couple different metal bands playing metal arrangements. Uh, so I'm going to share some of my favorite videos in the show notes for... Uh, listeners to check out. Uh, but just to rattle off a few, we have Dr. Mario, Castlevania 2, uh, Contra, Mega Man 2, Blaster Master. These are all games that we've covered on the podcast. Uh, but some of my favorites have been the less frequently covered songs, Chrono Trigger, Earthbound. Uh, there's a couple of cool N64 themes like uh, Killer Instinct, uh, Dire Dire Docks. So I, I want to just kind of kick things off by asking how this band got started. So what is the Extra Lives origin story? Did you know each other before starting this project or did you play together in different groups? Yeah, so, you know, I would say the origin story begins with me and Ken. Um, this is Michael speaking, by the way. Um, Ken and I toured for a couple of years together in a band called Cloudwalkers, which was most definitely not a video game music band. But um, as often happens on long tours, we discovered each other's mutual video game geekdom. And uh, I think the seed was planted for Extra Lives, that, that, that first moment 
uh, when we had some downtime at, at a video shoot for that band, we decided to learn the Bubble Man theme from Mega Man 2 and, and start playing it. And, and uh, we both kind of giggled gleefully as we were doing it. And I think um, we both had the intention to do it more after that. And so finally, last year, we set that into motion. We held auditions for uh, synth players and drummers, and we discovered Tim who came in, um, he was he was amazing, and he just nailed his audition, and um, we ended up with a couple of other drummers who were great, and now we're on Taylor, who recently joined the band. Um, so we're all local professional musicians in the Los Angeles scene, but um, I can say with some confidence that none of us have been in an en- in ensemble quite like this, and it's a real joy to make music with exceptional musicians like these guys. It, and the the chemistry is really natural. And I know I'm just watching on the opposite side of a YouTube video, but it, it felt to me like you guys have been playing for a long time. Uh, just like little nuances, how you guys look at each other when you're about to do changes. It just feels uh, very fluid uh, and natural. So it definitely comes through, uh, which is awesome. And I, I've been sharing your stuff with anybody who I think might be interested. And the general response that I get is why do they have such low views? And I think that that's actually meant as really high praise. Like everyone that sees your videos expects to see thousands and thousands of views. So I hope that uh, it's only a matter of time before the channel really blows up uh, because the the quality of the videos are really fantastic. The arrangements are awesome. Uh, and I, I, I feel like you're starting to get uh, a lot of attention and a lot of fan requests. So I was curious, what's your general process for picking songs? Are you getting requests and kind of going through those or do you, you battle it out kind of battle Royale style? <laughs> Kenny, why don't you take that one? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, uh, no competitions for uh, picks. Uh, none of that going on. Um, basically we, each of us pick a song uh, for the, the upcoming uh, recording session. So re- we record once a month. Uh, we do four songs in a session and uh, each one of us just picks on our own. And then we place uh, our choice on a little little spreadsheet that we've made. Um, so we, we all learn the songs on our own. Um, and then it's kind of uh, it's kind of magic how it how it ends up all coming together uh, when we meet up, because we, we don't really know what what everyone else is doing. We have a, a vague sense. But um, so uh, when when we don't have songs that we uh like when I can't come up with a song, for instance, for next week, which never seems to be the case. But when I can't, uh, I uh, we do have a lot of friend requests and a lot of fan requests. And so uh, we've listed all those. Every time we get a request, either, you know, YouTube, Reddit, wherever, um, we have a list of that uh, that's ever growing. And uh, we just refer back to that. So I think I've referred back to that a couple of times myself. So those classic NES games, uh, you know, the Famicom titles, they are known for being kind of brutally hard to play sometimes. Have you come across any songs that have been recommended that have just been a little too outrageous to even try to play? Tim, I'd like to hear you answer that one. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think at one point we considered doing Pictionary, right? Oh, oh, cool. (laughs) Um, but I mean, for the most part, you know, if we really, if we really love something, then we'll give it a shot. I will say that there have been times where, uh, you know, a few of us have picked a really difficult song for the same session and things kind of got a little wacky, but we, uh, 
you know, we, we, we give it all we got and uh, <laughs> try not to shy away from things, you know. <laughs> and, and, and I guess like Michael said, you, you all have a background in music, right, professionally. So, it, you know, it is what you do. So definitely uh, another thing i noticed too uh, i think i saw this on facebook you recently played your first live show so i'm really curious how did that go uh getting up on stage live and are there any plans to play more live shows in the future taylor what do you think should we do it uh, oh man that was that was a, quite an experience it was amazing seeing the kind of support there is for this kind of music in the community when we got to the venue there was people lined up outside this is the first show we've ever done and I, I had to prepare a lot of the stuff because I hadn't learned a lot of the stuff yet because I'd only recorded some of the newer songs with them so sure. I had to do a lot of kind of prep work you know learning all this backlog of material and and so I had a lot of work to do and excitement for the show but I, I didn't realize it would be such a kind of uh, an event with you know such a video game community of people that know all these songs and after one of the uh, I think it was after The Secret of Mana that's the one we did where they start chanting, holy, <laughs> holy. <laughs> That's awesome. And we chanted it for like 30 seconds after we finished the song and, you know, packed house, everyone standing up, everyone reacting to all the songs. It's such a cool, supportive community. You know, it was really a, a cool event. So I certainly look forward to doing more events and shows like that with like-minded groups you know and, and each of the other groups we played with really had different interpretations too you know we played with a group that was full-on metal versions of video game themes and then the other group kirby's uh kirby's dreamland right that got in costumes yeah. of each game theme they were doing so if they're doing street fighter 2 each one of them will put on like you know chun Li and guile and van g uh costumes and you know do a full, you know, game theme for ten or fifteen minutes of one game, but yeah, it was a, it was a pretty spectacular event. So definitely look forward to more of that. Yeah, that must have been awesome and kind of a stark contrast to your videos because it seems like in your videos you have these these uh, tight, compact little set pieces that you record in. Um, so to get on stage with an actual crowd must have been completely. Uh, completely different. Did you get any recordings uh, that you plan to share, or mm, that's a good question? There, there are some things that are floating around Instagram, and oh, cool. actually, that moment, the moment that Taylor was talking about, finished that tune, and um, and people were ch- chanting expletives at us, and on camera as well. And we were thinking of sharing that as an exclusive perk with our Patreon backers, um, but oh, cool. but so far, the only actual song recordings are sort of. 10 to 20 snippets that are floating around Instagram. And we'd like to gather those so that we can, um, you know, make adjustments for our next show. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I I would definitely love to check that out, especially uh, me being on the East coast. uh, If you guys were playing local shows, I don't think I'll be getting out there anytime soon. So that'd be cool. Okay. See if you can check out the photo of the, uh, of the uh, homemade mask that uh, Ken made too. (laughs) These amazing uh, mushroom masks. That, that we wore at the show that will be perfect for merch for for that we want to get the audience all to wear them for our set you got to see what they look like <laughs> yeah that'd be awesome okay i'm definitely going to check that out and we'll we'll share that photo in the show notes uh as soon as i track it down 
So I want to transition into what I call the Nintendo 10. And this is really meant to be 10 kind of lightning round style questions about your history growing up with Nintendo. And I love asking different people the same questions because you get a lot of times you get different answers, very unique experiences, but then sometimes you get very similar experiences, uh, especially if you grew up in the same uh, decade. So the first question, what were your earliest experiences with Nintendo? This could be a specific game or a specific console. And we can start with Ken. Uh, my first experience was uh, Super Mario Brothers, uh, the original. Um, I remember exactly where I was. I was in my friend's basement um, with a couple of people. And uh, the most memorable uh, thing about that is I think everyone was getting used to the way that... Uh, Mario jumps, and so uh, you know we we're laughing at one of my friends who would lift the controller up really violently whenever, whenever they'd hit A, you know, and, and, <laughs> and like basically pulled the joystick out of the out of the box. Um, so that was that was my first. I'll never forget that. Never. Yeah, I, I remember having a lot of uh, neighbors and cousins who would do the exact same move uh, every time they tried to jump uh, in any one of those games. So that's pretty 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 memorable as well. Um, okay, I'll turn it over to uh, Michael to answer the same question. Earliest experiences with Nintendo? Yeah, well, I didn't have a Nintendo growing up, and I, I actually remember showing up at preschool the first day and kind of sussing out who had a Nintendo so that I could choose my first friends in life. Um, <laughs> but my <laughs> my first <laughs> console that I owned was the Sega Genesis um, because I made a deal with my mom that if I learned how to swim... I, you know, the reward would be that they bought me a Sega Genesis. And so I worked really hard. I learned the backstroke and the freestyle and all those other moves that I've since forgotten. I passed my swim test. Um, actually, my swim instructor was a competitor on American Gladiator. I, I later <laughs> found out, but that's neither here nor there. Amazing. <laughs> and, you know, I picked out the first games I wanted. And I at that time, um, Toys R Us was running the promo where you could get the Sega Genesis with X-Men. So I got it with X-Men. I bought Sonic. And uh, the rest is history. Wow. Is that a uh, side question, Michael? Sorry to interrupt. But um, is that still the Genesis, Genesis that you have at home right yeah. now? Wow. Amazing. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I still have the same X-Men cartridge, too. It sounds like you were hacking life at, a, at an early age, too. You, you chose your <laughs> friends wisely, and you also manipulated your parents to get the things that you wanted. Um, so that's pretty, that's pretty impressive. Very cool. Okay, I'll turn it over to Taylor. Uh, same question. Um, my introduction, I think, was, um, I believe I was around eight, and it was either, I can't remember if it was Christmas or my birthday, and my uh, grandma surprised me with a box and all wrapped nicely and I had a freak out as a kid when I realized what it was and I remember just setting it up at her house and playing and just being an utter you know an amazing enlightenment experience basically at the time and uh, just being obsessed with Mario and Duck Hunt because that's the, I think that was the dual cartridge at that time like yep. I have both of them on there um, but yeah that, that that's what kind of really sticks in my mind on that is just the first because I, I think I played it for the first time just there, not even at friends' places, just the first time I actually got one. And that was fairly early on, because what year did they release the uh, the original Nintendo? Was it like 87 or something, 86? It was kind of widely available in 86. It started popping 86. up, I think, in 85. 
Okay. Yeah. So that that I must that must have been around '88 or '89 when I got it, I guess. But yeah, it was qu- quite a memory. Yeah, similar experience for me too. Uh, we received the Nintendo. It was my my father's thirtieth birthday present, and he absolutely hated it. So it it became mine. It just became mine uh, because amazing. He didn't want to play. <laughs> wow. Um, and that was my first experience what playing. What a hand too. Down. Yeah, it was the action. Not bad set. for you. Yep. Yeah, it worked out great for me. <laughs> Uh, okay, cool. I'll uh, turn that question over to Tim to uh, to finish things off. Yeah, well, uh, Nintendo is kind of like an elusive thing for me because I only had one friend who I knew that had one, so I, I hadn't chosen as wisely as Michael had. But um, my, you know, my parents <laughs> they wouldn't let us get it, and I think it's because of uh, like. My brother and I were completely obsessed with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and like so much so that we would like scare our parents and our babysitters because anytime that theme song came on, we would just go completely nuts and just start jumping off of couches and smashing things and like insanity. So when we like saw a video game and I remember the first game that I ever saw was the original Mario Brothers, uh, I, I just went completely berserk again and like and i think they just wouldn't get us uh you know uh, any video games so uh so i was at my friend's house and his dad you know like would be playing it but we weren't really allowed to play it so we could only watch that's how it was and it seemed like that's how it was for so long until we finally wore my parents down and got them to get us a sega genesis for christmas and uh, I'll never forget that because my dad was on the phone with one of his brothers just talking ridiculously loud in the living room. So anywhere in the house, you could hear him talking plainly. And he's just like, yeah, you know, we picked up the kids, one of those Segas. <laughs> and my brother and I are like in the other room like, oh, man, oh, my God, you know, like freaking out. That's amazing. Yeah. One of those Segas, too. I love that. <laughs> so uh we'll, we'll move on to the next question this uh is for everyone as well but this is a quick question i'm always curious if you had a subscription to nintendo power magazine uh when you were a kid growing up so we can start with uh michael uh and we'll we'll move through the band uh no but i chose friends who did nice very very wise again <laughs> <laughs> uh taylor yes and i i even had was there the Nintendo Power special guide that came with it or that you got separately. It was like the gift. It was the book with all the hints in it. Um, the kind of, it was like, a, it wasn't a magazine. It was like a semi book. Do you remember that? It, yeah. Uh, it, they were actually um, numbered issues for a bit and then they separated them and they became these extra bonuses for subscribing. Uh, so they yeah, were, they would I be had, fewer, like full players guides. Yeah. 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 I had that as well. One of them. Awesome. Uh, Tim? Uh, my older brother had a subscription, so I had adequate access to those magazines. And I remember him, you know, lining them up on the shelf and trying to figure out, like, oh, what's, you know, because the spine would make some kind of an image or something, right? So we'd line them all up and try to guess what was coming. Yeah, some years they did that. Um, they, yeah, if you lined them all up uh, vertically, the spines would make a specific image. Um yeah, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, yeah. and, uh, and and Ken, did you have an issue or a subscription to Nintendo Power? Uh, I personally did not, but uh, I basically did because uh, the two friends that I had growing up, my best friends, they they both had subscriptions. So 
Shout out to uh, Dan Caffeine and the Prof Brothers out there. Nice, nice. Did they have the Did they have the uh, pull out posters uh, in their in their yeah. bedrooms? Oh yeah, That's oh cool. yeah. Awesome. Uh, so I'm going to transition over to just asking uh, one question to one person. Uh, but again, feel free to shout out if you if you especially want to answer this question. Um, so the next question is for Tim, and that is, what is your favorite game? on any Nintendo console and why? Um, I think I'd have to go with Contra 3 for the SNES. Um, just because I have so many great memories of playing that with my best friend from childhood. His name is Zach. And uh, we put so many hours of our life into that game. And we actually did beat it. We might have beat it more than once. I, I don't remember. But those games you know, were really hard. I mean, the first Contra for... NES was ridiculous, so uh, it, it was like a you know it's like a lifetime accomplishment when we sure. beat that game together. So I'll never forget that. Uh, anybody else want to shout out their favorites? Uh, I, I think I think we 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 all don't want to jump on each other, but I think we all feel really passionately about this. But sure. the correct answer is Final Fantasy IV on the SNES. Final <laughs> Fantasy IV on the SNES. That's a good one. That's a good one. Anybody disagree? <laughs> I mean that that's definitely up there. Uh, the fi- I mean, any of the Final Fantasies, sure. I think, for nostalgic reasons, Final Fantasy One is my favorite. Um, even though obviously it, it it had a lot of problems as an RPG, but it was really really uh, the game that that got me into video games. I think in general and music, uh, vis- video game music. I, I would say uh, for I was more of the the fighting game of a lot of the. the childhood one so i would go with probably street fighter 2 or or maybe mortal kombat 2 were two, <laughs> two ones up there for me that i spent a lot of times in the arcades with um, yeah yeah that's awesome and uh yeah rpg music i mean you guys cover plenty so chrono trigger secret of mana uh, it's all fantastic stuff uh next question uh I'll, I'll ask taylor this is a slight twist on the last question uh what do you think is the best game on any Nintendo console and why. So a slight variation on the previous. Doesn't have to be your favorite game, but what do you think is the best designed game on a Nintendo console? Uh, best designed. Ooh, that's a that's a hard question compared to just what my favorite is. Best designed um, on a Nintendo console. Well, m- my extent really only goes up to the Nintendo 64. I haven't played much of the later versions besides, you know, Super Nintendo, regular Nintendo 64. But sure. Um, I was always, I mean, I always thought, uh, GoldenEye was pretty revolutionary for the, for the time at that point, but, you know, I know there was some, um, issues with maybe design on there. We, we talked about some other, uh, other things about how well, um, um, Donkey Kong Country was designed. If you're talking about design and like how it looked at the time for, you know, for that what was that the Super Nintendo the Donkey Kong Country was really kind of a step up for uh, for how sharp games looked and 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 felt I think you know at the time um, God yeah designed is these guys might have a better sense of the design than than I do I, I would be more on the side of what I just you know naturally gravitate towards and, and love as a game. Yeah, Don- I mean, Donkey Kong Country was a super well-designed game, so I'll definitely yeah. accept that answer. I remember having a Nintendo Power subscription when that came out, and they actually sent me a VHS tape uh, to promote it. 
and it was it was pretty funny uh, to, to receive <laughs> wow. that in the mail. Yeah, it was a VHS tape of like behind the scenes, kind of making the game. So, uh, pretty cool stuff. Wow, that's awesome. That's cool. Next question, uh, I have uh, slated for Ken, and I would love to hear around the horn for this one too. We can just give quick answers because I, I love people's answers to this one. And it is, what is your least favorite Nintendo game of all time? And the way that I like to frame this up is, do you ever remember as a kid? Uh, getting stuck with a rental where a game was just so awful, but your parents wouldn't let you uh, bring it back and return it. <laughs> um, not specifically that story, but I do remember, um, man, I do remember many, uh, many a crappy game. Um, I would say uh, Top Gun is probably one of the worst games that has <laughs> yeah. ever been. I mean, uh, Battletoads is up there as well. I'd say those two come to mind immediately as being like, both extremely difficult and just like there's so many reasons why they're terrible awful graphics uh storylines don't seem to match like like in top gun's case doesn't match the the movie at all that it's based on super short i don't know it's just terrible i i've recently learned that so i played top gun and i hated it uh it was a terrible game but i recently learned that the final uh kind of boss encounter is a spaceship like something ridiculous, like something completely like like un- out- outrageous and has nothing to do with the movie at all. So. I don't know why I'm surprised. I, I, yeah. I don't know why I'm surprised. That totally makes sense, actually. I, I want to ask everyone this question just because it's fitting uh, for what you do. Uh, but what is your favorite soundtrack or musical theme from a Nintendo game? Uh, it doesn't have to be a first party Nintendo game, but just a, a game from a Nintendo console. Um, let's kick it off with Michael. Okay, well, um, you know, uh, earlier I said that my favorite game of all time is Final Fantasy IV, and I don't think that I would, I don't think that I would choose any of my favorites without also being really passionate about the score to those games. And so, in particular, there's a theme from from that game called, um, I believe it's called Into the Giant. It takes place at a very climactic scene, um, about three quarters through the game, and I still remember to this day hearing the theme right before I needed to um, turn the system off so that my mom could take me to school. And uh, <laughs> this theme was reverberating throughout my chest and soul as I went downstairs to sadly put my clothes on. And, and I remember it just resonating through my brain the entire day at school. I couldn't wait to get back and hear it again and play through. So I'm going to have to go with Final Fantasy IV, Inside the Giant. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I know that song well, so I, I appreciate that answer. Uh, Taylor, uh, what would be your response to this? Favorite soundtrack or musical theme? Uh, soundtrack, I would say, I mean, uh, I think the Street Fighter Two stuff is so ingrained in my sure. head from the game. I just say the music for that. I mean, so many of the themes, you know, are just iconic and just so classic, you know, uh, we recently recorded one of them that I, I've always wanted to do a live version of the E Honda theme uh, from Street Fighter Two. But you know, I mean, there's so many of those uh, uh, the Ryu and the Ryu and Ken stage, the the Guile stage, the Balrog stage. You know, the music in that just really kind of uh, I don't know what it is if it's the nostalgia of playing the game or, or something that fits really fits really well with me. Yeah, no, that's an awesome answer. And when you play hours of a fighting game, those songs can't not get ingrained uh, in your head. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, Tim, same question. Yeah, um, I've been trying to think of an answer. And I guess 
I guess the first theme that I fell in love with was uh, the original Legend of Zelda. Um, but I'm trying to think other than that. I just remember that was like the first theme that I would, you know, would like hum to myself or would get stuck in my head or like I would be excited when I turned on the cartridge. Even like the opening music when you just turn the game on, like it just seems so magical <laughs> when you turn that thing on. So uh, I guess I'd have to go with Zelda. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and Ken? Um, maybe a generic answer, but uh, but true. Uh, the, the Final Fantasy uh, opening opening uh theme uh, the original final fantasy sure, opening theme sure. probably yeah and that and that has been replayed throughout the years uh and you know final fantasy 6 has come up a lot as the answer to this question a lot of people seem to remember that one fondly as well so yeah uh, it's a classic i mean well they're all classics but i i think six had a lot of uh variation uh to it that people really appreciate it um, we'll be releasing. Uh, we'll be releasing one of the most iconic themes from that game. Um, we've got a live performance of that that's going to be released in a few weeks now with a special guest. Oh, cool! Awesome! Yeah, very cool. Let's check that out. Is it the opera by any chance? <laughs> it's not the opera. We'll, we'll tackle that someday. Yeah, with, with, <laughs> with a with a special guest. I don't know if any of you guys uh, are, are trained operatic vocalists. <laughs> <laughs> Only uh, Tim. Yeah, that would be awesome. Not, not. <laughs> uh, so we'll keep we'll, we'll we'll keep things moving. Um, I'm going to uh, punt this question over to uh, Michael, and that is: Do you have any unique Nintendo memories or stories uh, specifically throughout the years? <sighs> um, well, not to sound like a broken record, but there is one that comes to mind. <laughs> it was um, it was playing Final Fantasy IV. And this, in these days, um, this was before I owned, I don't think I even owned a Super Nintendo. But um, what would happen is on Fridays, uh, my babysitter would take me to Blockbuster Video and I'd rent a Super Nintendo and two games. And um, I didn't have a lot of adult supervision in those days, in those days, excuse me. So what I would do is I would um, also ask for whatever candy they were selling at Blockbuster Video. And so, on this particular night, I found myself up way past my bedtime. It was about 10.30 p.m. probably. And I had one of these giant cartons full of Whoppers, which are the malted milk balls that burn your throat after you eat six of them. Yep. And, you know, once you start, you just can't stop popping these bad boys. And the other thing is they make excellent stress eating implements which is useful because uh, when you're when you're playing the the tower of zot stage and you can't figure out how to bounce your spells off of yourselves using the wall spell effectively to defeat the weird sisters on the way to the end of that level you need all the uh, stress eating implements you can handle and i still remember hopped up on sugar and malted milk jumping around in my stocking feet while i was you know near zero hp and then at the very last second, pulling out the victory, my heart nearly stopped, the sweat froze on my face, and that moment was memorialized forever in my video gaming history. I, I, I love how vivid uh, your memory is uh, with that specific memory. That's, that's perfect. Uh, <laughs> the, the next question, um, and I wish we had time to just kind of go around and ask everyone uh, that same question because I know it's great. And we've heard a lot of unique stories already. 
Uh, but we'll keep things moving. Next question. Uh, I'm going to pass this one uh, over to Tim. Uh, has your relationship with video games influenced your work? And if so, how? Mm-hmm. My relationship with video games. I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, when you play video games, you a lot of times you have to solve complex problems. I mean, I remember growing up playing a lot of computer games, and I would play like the King's Quest games and Space Quest and sure. a little bit of Myst, even though that was really challenging for me at the time. Um, but I don't know, maybe, yeah, maybe those those problem-solving skills you, you need to learn uh, to, to, you know, beat these games kind of come in handy. Or, um, or even, you know, I feel like sometimes people attribute, like, hardcore video game playing as, like, antisocial. But I, I kind of felt the opposite way because I loved those kind of games like King's Quest where you'd walk around and you would talk to people and you'd have these conversations and then you'd do something based on that conversation and uh, I don't know maybe that maybe that helped me in life and, and in my work I, I'm not sure but that's, that's, uh, that's, no, that's perfect. Right that's perfect no that's a great answer uh, the next question uh, is for everyone but we can do this quickly um, this is if you have the opportunity to green light a reboot or a remake of any game from a Nintendo console, what would it be? Uh, so you have the permission uh, to to fund this game. Uh, we'll start with uh, Tim. We'll start with you again, and, and we'll go around the horn. Reboot. That's a tough one because uh, I mean, all of my favorite games, I love them the way that they are. You know. Um, and I, I don't know. I guess we're kind of like in the era of reboots right now. I mean, especially with movies and stuff. It seems like a lot of times there's a struggle to come up with new ideas. So sure. maybe, maybe I just maybe I wouldn't reboot anything. Maybe because uh, you know, to tell you the truth, the the one thing that I've really loved about being a part of Extra Lives is that it's uh, it's made me go back and rediscover all these games you know from these earlier systems that are just incredible games in and of themselves you know and preserved yeah you don't have to you know give them a facelift to enjoy them sure no that's a great answer cool Uh, i'll pass it on to uh taylor oh that's hard to say i would uh i would almost go with uh with timmy on this one i'm i think uh um I'm trying to think of any game that has been discontinued. That's that would be a great re- reboot like that. Um, um, there are some games that I I love for. You're talking just Nintendo though, right? Not not Sega stuff. We 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 can open it up because I would say what I wanted to see more of that I remembered loving as a kid was the uh, the Mutant League games that they had for. Uh, if you remember Mutant League Football for uh, Sega or. Apparently there was a Mutant League hockey, but I never got to play that. But I thought that was a great game at the time, and I never heard or you know uh, heard about any continuations of those. And I thought those were really cool as a kid. Of course, it's been a long time since I've uh, got to touch those. But um, you know, um, or I think I, I think, I, I think uh, the creator of Mutant League I think popped up with a Kickstarter uh, not too long ago. To bring really? it back, yeah, I'm not sure. I remember reading that. I'm not. I'll have to Google that. I'm not sure if he actually, uh, if he actually got funded. But yeah, that would be a fantastic game to come to come back. 
Uh, so I, I think that would be a great one. Yeah. Or NFL Blitz, actually. I don't know if they brought it. Did they bring back? Did they keep doing NFL Blitz or not? I can't remember the last Blitz, but that arcade-style yeah, sports, you don't really see too much of that these days. Right, right. That was a great uh, Nintendo 64 game there. That was a really great one. Awesome, awesome. Uh, so I'll pass the same question on to Ken. Ooh, uh, that's a tough, tough question. Um, you know, I think it would be kind of cool to see a... Uh, world-class track meet game redone um sure. like an olympic uh kind of game maybe done uh with vr or something or maybe done with the rift i don't know um just i'm, I'm kind of spitballing here but obviously that's uh, it's tough to go back and go hey let's make another double dragon game uh, <laughs> there's so many like fighting games sure um i don't know i guess maybe that's that's my my creative guess my yeah that bet. could be cool awesome and uh, Michael? Well, I think there's a lot to be said for a gritty, sexed-up version of Paperboy. How about it? How, how, <laughs> gritty, how gritty are you talking? Too gritty for your podcast, Tom. Awesome. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep this uh, appropriate for all ages, but I could certainly see uh, a gritty Paperboy, maybe in VR. So like, why don't we just combine uh, Ken's response with yours, and we'll have a gritty, uh, sexed-up VR Paperboy. Perfect. That's great. And we'll kickstart it. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so we're, we've made it to the final question. Um, and, and again, we can go around with this one. Uh, this can break the barrier of Nintendo. This could be on any console. But I'm just always curious, what was the last great gaming experience that you've had? Uh, and again, this could be on any console. We'll start with uh, Ken for this one. Um, I mean, I'm playing some video games now, some other ones, obviously, but um, I think the last game that really uh, arrested me was like um, a game called Limbo. I don't know if you remember that game. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, just such a different type of puzzle game. Uh, the artwork on it was just amazing and very minimal. So, yeah, that, that game. Awesome. Yeah, uh, I remember playing that game. That was a gritty game as well. Uh, Taylor, same question. God, I'm trying to think of that off the top of my head. I would say, you know what I would say for that, actually? Um, I would say getting one of the uh, Nintendo Classic, the uh, you know the mini ones they released. I, I happened to get my hands on one of those. I, I uh, signed up for some kind of notification list that I found online, and oh, they cool. text you and email you, and they, they got me on there, and I responded within like a you know, 30 seconds of getting one of them. And I happened to score one because they're so hard to get. And then going back and revisiting all those games on there, I hadn't played forever, you know, on this system was just amazing. You know, Mega Man and Mario and Excite Bike and, uh, uh, there's a ton of uh, balloon fight, all those great games on there. I think that was a really cool experience for me. I would say recently, if you guys haven't tried those, it's pretty damn cool. Yeah, much much more authentic than kind of playing on an emulator on your computer. So, yeah, that's a great great response, uh, Michael. Same question. Uh, greatest gaming experience that you've had recently? Well, right at this moment, I am playing a surprisingly engaging mobile game. Um, it's Final Fantasy Dimensions, and it packs great music, memorable characters, a cool job system. Uh, really surprisingly good for my iPhone. So as soon as we finish this interview, I, I'm going to have to get back to that. <laughs> sure. Awesome. 
<laughs> and uh, Tim, same question. That's kind of a tough one because I uh, so I was kind of late to the game, and I recently acquired a PlayStation Four. Cool. So I've been kind of just enjoying some of their uh, I don't know I guess some of the early games for that console, um, but and they've all been really really great. I've really enjoyed them. But I, I guess I'd have to say the a great experience that I had with the game was uh, it was probably back in 2001 when I <laughs> bought EverQuest. Okay. And I only bring this up because Ooh. I gave a year of my life to that game, and I and, and I like don't remember doing anything else in that year except for playing that game. And it was just mind-blowing, and I met so many great people from that game. And then all of a sudden, one day, I was just playing, and, uh, and I was like, yeah, you know what? I think, I think I'm bored. And I just stopped all yeah. in one day and just <laughs> deleted my account and then moved on and was like, maybe I should go outside. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> there, there's a guy. His name is uh, Steve, Steve Cam. He runs a website called Nerd Fitness, and he helps people get in shape. And uh, he wrote a book called Level Up Your Life, and his story starts out like that. I think he dedicated like two years of his life to EverQuest, and that was it. Oh, and then one day, he just had the same experience where he just he he was just done with it, and uh, and, and that was like a big turning point for him. Uh, really, really cool, really cool story. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you guys so much. We've successfully completed the Nintendo 10 and I've uh, successfully or maybe unsuccessfully interviewed four people at once, uh, but we've, we've made it to the end. So win-win. Um, I do have one final question for Michael. Uh, where's the best place for people to find uh, more of Extra Lives on the internet? YouTube.com slash Extra Lives Music. Awesome. And we'll link that up in the show notes. As I mentioned, I'm going to definitely uh, drop some YouTube embeds of some of my favorite selections from the archives so you guys can check that out. Uh, I want to thank you again for for coming on the show. I want to thank you for continuing to share your talent with the gaming community. Uh, it sounds like from your live performance, uh, the gaming community kind of shared the love right back, which is awesome. Um, so I wish you guys a ton of uh, future success, uh, kind of growing the fan base, and I'll do my best to try to uh, get the word out as well. Uh, but I definitely appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for for dropping on. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, You're awesome, and this was a ton of fun. Yeah, thank you. It's been, it's been great. Uh, I, I want to uh, thank the listeners as well for, for joining on. Uh, that's going to wrap up today's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, and I hope that you did, please consider sharing with a friend, coworker, social community, anywhere that you think others might enjoy it as well. If you've been enjoying a few episodes now, please consider leaving a quick review on Apple Podcasts. An honest review helps me continue to improve the show, and it helps us uh, continue to grow the community. I want to thank you, the listener, for your time and attention. Stay tuned for Monday's question of the week. And as always, keep on playing with power. 